Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. God, oh! they get it. A miracle. Hutchins. Double order. Hit that one from the parking lot. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is your college basketball Monday night betting preview. I'm Stucky, and joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, BJ Cunningham and Mike Calabrese. Uh, gentlemen, both of you, uh, just talking about how little sleep you get. and uh, It's only going to get worse as we approach March. BJ, I'll go to you. What's going on, brother? Not much, you know. I'm, my little sleep is is on, on my own doing because I'm staying up until two in the morning watching Rune lose to Rublev in the Australian Open in a five set tie break. So it seems to be my own doing. But yeah, no, we're not going to get much sleep until we get through March here. But guess what? It's going to be a lot of fun as we go along this ride. Mike, how's it going, brother? Going good. I also did it to myself on Friday night that uh, New Mexico Boise game, instant classic. Two teams that I would love to see in the big dance. Hopefully the committee gets that right, you know, come March. Um, but it was an 11 p.m. tip off on the East Coast. So game that goes to overtime. I was excited, but also just kind of dreading the Saturday morning wake up. But it was certainly worth it. Some great coaching at the end of the game. Boise State executing the rarely seen half court pass timeout, set up the inbound from the sideline. Got a perfect look for Jen Hart. And he ends up nailing the three cent OT, which Ended up cashing my over, so it was smiles all around in my household. Uh, just another great Mountain West game. Never in doubt the over. And yeah, that was an amazing, amazing uh, play. The, for first the execution to get the timeout, the inbound pass up, but that inside-out action to get the wide-open three uh, was awesome. So yeah, I was glad to see that go to overtime. It was a, a great game. All right, but last week we did was our first episode of the season. little different than what it'll be going forward. I think I mentioned this on both podcasts last week, but normally today and, and going forward on Mondays, we'll record in the morning. It'll be about the Monday night slate, key takeaways from the weekend. And then we'll cover, uh, just like we did with the Big Ten last week, we'll do a uh, a conference a week, just buying, selling, general thoughts. So we'll do the Big 12 tonight, which is, a, I think, a, a good place to talk about after this weekend. And we have Kansas Baylor, which we'll talk about tonight. But let's let's get into first before we get to rant of the week. One key takeaway from the weekend, 
Uh, I'll go two. I'll go two. LSU is bad. I just want to get that out there. I bet LSU against Tennessee. Uh, they they're just they're losing and losing. They're the opposite of Alabama. Like Alabama just keeps winning and winning by margin. LSU is not even close. They are broken. And but my biggest takeaway is a team I've done a complete. Yeah, I mean I didn't think they were bad, but a complete one eighty on is Marquette. I think Marquette might be really really good. And Shaka Smart deserves a ton of credit. I was just tweeting about most underrated coaches and best overall, best offensive, best defense. He might be the most underrated. And I, I know people give him a lot of love as an underdog. He's always great as an underdog, which is usually a sign of like, you know, you're a great coach, uh, in my opinion, from a betting standpoint. But I think Marquette might be legit, Final Four legit. Shaka Smart deserves a ton of credit. Uh, so really impressed with what I've seen from Marquette. I was not as high on them as the market. Faded them a few times uh and it did not go well so i've bumped them up a ton uh from what i've seen recently mike any thoughts there and uh any takeaway from the weekend i know we're going to touch on the big 12 more as we go through the episode but sometimes it can be overblown the narrative of this is the best conference top to bottom anything can happen they are just absolutely living up to it you know at the very top with tcu not only winning at fog for the first time but winning going away so that just demonstrates that it's really wide open at the top and you know a team can seize that that mantle but then on the bottom like oklahoma state winning against iowa state you know these teams in the bottom four we mentioned in the last podcast that like if everything goes right they could sneak into the tournament and they could be a real headache as a 10 or 11 seed from a power conference. So I think that just validates it for me. It was a Saturday filled with more uncertainty, but not necessarily teams stubbing their toe, more so some teams elevating themselves, either Oklahoma State from the bottom or TCU to be a legitimate threat to win the regular season title. So I've just been impressed with what I've seen through the Big 12. Yeah, we'll talk about the Big 12 in a, in a bit. But yeah, we were <clears> talking Friday about TCU and we we're like well we can probably wait on them but maybe that was the, maybe the right move but uh BJ any thoughts from you yeah I my big takeaway from the weekend is just something and it's something that you you know do every single week stuck is just how important situational spots are in college basketball you look around Ohio State just beat Iowa so badly coming off a five-game win streak Iowa coming in on a four-game win streak Arizona beating UCLA even Temple beating Houston on Sunday you know we talked about we, we just don't have a team in college basketball you can really trust right now i mean it's kind of becoming alabama as being the one team that i think that i can actually trust but i it came to me because i was watching the end of the uh and i'll give that'll be, that'll be my rant here in a second but i was watching the end of the virginia tech clemson game and i was just i don't know, for whatever reason i was just staring at the the score bug and i was thinking i was like maybe somebody is new to betting like they're coming in you know maybe in one of the states that just came online like ohio or maryland's they're just starting out betting college basketball and listening to this. And you look at that score bug and you see Clemson's the 19th ranked team in the country. They're seven one in the ACC taking on Virginia tech. Who's one in six in the ACC. Why are they one point favorites? That makes absolutely no sense. And obviously we look from the advanced metrics and everything like that. We know these are two pretty even teams and Virginia tech was obviously in a good situational spot, Stucky. And of course they melted down at the end, but it's one of those things that again, these situational spots of teams that are coming in on these losing streaks tend to play more desperate, tend to play better than these teams that are riding their high coming in. So it was just something I was thinking about as I was watching. I was like, you know, if I knew, if I was very new to betting, I would be like, this makes no sense to me. I'm going to take Clemson. But as we know, as you know, we talk about in this podcast from different metrics, like whether it be Ken Palm, shot quality, synergy, that these situational spots and teams that tend to be on losing streaks, sometimes they're just going through bad shooting, reg bad shooting regression. Sometimes that positive regression is going to come back after those losing streaks. 
Yeah, and it's, it also that game perfectly illustrates the point that I mean, ninety nine percent of the people listening to this podcast and that are betters out there don't bet more than you know five hundred dollars a game max. So you can bet early, and you should have a lot of outs. And getting the best of the number is so important in college basketball, and that was perfectly illustrated with that game. I think it closed a pick. It was plus two, plus one and a half, and so those things are add up over time. Um, so. You know, if you're in a legal state, take advantage of all the offers that are out there. And then you have multiple options to try and get the best number. And you can bet early. It's not, you know, there's these things. Lines are coming out the night before. Hop on them uh, if you like a side. Like that's it, that's going to make, in the, in the end, the difference between a half a point or a point might not seem like a lot. But by the end of the season, those add up and those make the difference between uh a winning and losing better. It's the easiest thing you can do. Mike, did you want to jump in? Yeah, I, I certainly agree. Um, for anyone who's sweat out a college basketball game in their entire life, you know, how confident are you for a 19 year old to make the front end of a one on one? So one point is a lot. I'll, I'll certainly take it whenever I can get that value. Um, in terms of like other things that fired me up over the weekends, we talked about Purdue. It's like a running joke on social media. They're going to get bounced in the second round by like Creighton or somebody who can shoot from three. But I was just frustrated, even though I didn't have a play on it. I was like, okay, this is a game that they should lose to Maryland. They shoot 20 for 52 from the field, two for 13 from three. And then Maryland goes ahead and scores six points in the final seven minutes of the game. Now, I know that Purdue is like borderline top 20 in defensive efficiency, but they gave up 13 offensive rebounds. Maryland only turns over nine times. It's just it's it's not fair to Purdue. Like if Purdue was, you know, lined up to be a three seat or something like that, I would probably be in their camp and rooting for them as a team that plays a different style of a basketball, you know, channeling through their big. But as a one seed, it's just so frustrating to me because they can win games like that. And now that's what two in the last three games. They had the game winner from Edie the other the other day. So just a very frustrating game to watch. Even with my money on the sideline, I was like, this will be the one that they drop it to the Terps and they can't get it done. So I don't know. The, the Big Ten in general, I think we're just waiting for a team to rise up and overtake the Boilermakers, but I just probably don't even see it happening until March. Yeah, I, I, I'm impressed what I've seen from Indiana lately and some of the adjustments <clears throat> that Woodson has made and TJD is playing out of his mind and they're going to get healthier eventually. So they went from like, before the year they were final four darling to then everyone wrote them off to maybe they're the team that emerges Purdue, a couple things on Purdue. I'm yeah. I faded them again yesterday. Uh, I also faded them game before, which didn't work out. Um, they're still on my fade list. Uh, two things on them though. Edie is impossible to officiate um, I, on both ends of the floor. Like you could call a foul on him or whoever is trying to guard him every play i don't know how you officiate his games a lot of variance there but purdue keep in mind purdue like they're probably going to be a one seed so yeah ed will have 55 points against some 16 seed um and just dunk it 30 times um but if they play an eight or nine that can press them that that's i think they'll get in a lot of trouble there you saw their young guards run into some trouble against maryland maryland decided to press yesterday and then if they, Purdue doesn't turn it over, they run such good offense, and then you have such a mismatch with Edie that if you don't, if you don't, even if you don't force a turnover, if you just make them get into their offense very late, you have a lot better chance of guarding Edie inside and/or you know making them rush a shot. So keep that in mind. I would love to see like give me Memphis as like the you know the nine seed that and take them against Purdue and their athleticism. Um, 
that's that's a matchup. So that's something to keep in mind with Purdue. Uh, because I, I saw the cracks there when Maryland started the press. But but let's uh let's get into rant of the week. Uh, I'll start. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna kind of go off the off the radar here. I'm gonna go a, a Twitter rant. I don't know if you guys see this. These fixed game bots. Do you see these things? Fixed games, please DM. Do you know what I'm talking about? I haven't. Please explain it. Yeah. Okay. So if you go to any of my tweets, almost any. So if I tweet out something, uh, there's a 99% chance within two minutes, there is going to be a an account that I just pulled up a tweet. Yep. And here is one. Oscar Souza. Good morning. The bet is placed for today. The information is very strong. We going to have a massive win. Direct message me. All interested. Don't lose this one. So they claim, and all their accounts, they're all bots. So, so you're sure it's a bot? Because that sounded very authentic to me. I mean, yeah. I mean I'd probably like in DM. They wrote, and they reply within sec. If I tweet out something within seconds, it is like making my Twitter experience miserable because I love interacting with people. I tweet out, and I'm like, oh, I got three replies to this tweet already, and then they're all fixed games. It's so annoying. So that's my rant because it's making me so mad. But I'm, two things I want to say. Then you have like um, people that are are selling picks that are saying they're they're professional betters. You have people selling picks that say they have fixed games. Listen, if someone has a fixed game, they know fixed games. The last thing they're doing is publicizing it and selling it to you for fifty dollars. And these people that are saying they're professional sports betters that have a site you know, where they're charging $4.99 a day or something. They, If they were professional, there's there's some exceptions. But for the most part, if someone's saying the professional sports better and trying to sell you picks for $5 a day, they're most likely not a professional sports better. So just just be careful with, with states coming online. Twitter is just getting more and more toxic. The fixed game bots, though, are so annoying. So if you ever see them, Please, I know that you, everyone has more common sense than this, but just in case, you know, no one has fixed game information that is selling it on Twitter, I promise you. So that's that's my rant. I block them all. They just keep coming. It's like an army of bots, and they I, they just create more and more every single day, and they just reply to me, and I'm like, oh, I'm getting all this engagement. I must have a great tweet. Nope, it's just fixed game bots. <laughs> so whoever is doing that, I hate you. And... uh they're not Please, in this Twitter. They're not in this country. I can guarantee you. Please, that. Twitter, take care of this problem. It is driving me insane. Um, so that's my rant of the week, Mike. Actually, BJ, I know that you you had something queued up. Yeah, I mean, else. just Virginia Tech that. melting down was not fun. I needed them to close out a, a nice round robin. Uh, speaking of not making free throws, they, the yeah, no. yeah, they just uh, couldn't make two free throws. And then of course, you know, Hunter Tyson hits the three to, to win it. So, um, but you know, they turned the ball over again in the final minute as well. Just, you know, typical college basketball meltdown. So that was basically my, I had a decent Saturday for like the first time this, this year. So I can't really complain that that much, but that could have closed out a really, really nice day. So that would be, yeah. At least they didn't call the foul. Um, so I had some plus one and a half. It's sorry if anyone had pick or I had some money line too. So I, uh, I wanted they had ran a great, really great set to get a, a three that was airballed, but luckily for those of us with plus one and a half and plus two, uh, they didn't call a foul on the potential putback, which with like point one seconds left. So thank you for that. But Mike, rant of the week. Yeah, just really that that Purdue. That was my my mini rants about how they're just going to continue to get away with this because they can win. There's you know the expression you know win your clunkers. They certainly have won a bunch of games 
without playing their best basketball. And I'm just frustrated because at this point, there's really no way for us to get to March and have four number one seeds that everyone feels really confident in. At this point, like I'd be satisfied with two. And then Houston yesterday just goes ahead and craps the bet against Temple. So I don't know what to believe anymore. Um, I would love to be able to have some kind of bedrock team at the top of the AP to be able to say like, okay, I know the brand of basketball they're going to play. I know their top three scoring options. I feel great about all of that. And we're just not there at this point. And it's almost the end of January. So hopefully this comes to fruition soon. But at this point, you know, I think it's probably more advantageous for us to discuss the teams like Indiana, who you're just pointing out, where it's like, let's, you know, hitch our wagon to the teams that are a getting hot and b getting healthy at the right time and just you know kind of work our way through the season that way yeah i'm glad you brought that up uh the houston loss because it, it kind of got lost in the shuffle of the nfl and houston losing at home to temple like the trust we talk about we talk about the trust tree who can you trust the, the we said they were gonna roll through the american yeah, like, like, like they're tested, not gonna play no anybody in whatsoever the, rest of the way come on yeah in my trust tree like i they gotta fall out they i mean who who is in the trust tree now i is it Again, Alabama, who went, right? Who went Alabama on the road? Beats Missouri by twenty-one. Like I get that Missouri is not the same team without uh, Kobe Brown, but it, it's a road conference game. It's back-to-back road conference games. After beating LSU by forty or whatever they won by, they go on the road. Two conference games win by double digits in each. So yeah, it's uh, Gonzaga. By the way, loses at home in conference. Like how how often does that happen? Um, yeah, my tr- my trust first, tree is. Actually, I I saw it. It was the first time they've lost uh, at home since 2018. Wow, it's been five years. Yeah, my trust tree is like them, and can we say Marquette? I mean, Marquette doesn't really have clunkers. Like, if you look at what they've done this year, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself now, in Marquette. But yeah, it might just be Alabama, and it just shows you how wide open the tournament is going to be. As a reminder, before we go any further, college basketball season is in full swing. So get in on the action with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and receive first bet insurance up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana. Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. All right, let's get let's talk some Big 12. Um, we saw the just absolutely stunningly dominant win by TCU, which was the headline of the weekend. Baylor pulls out a very close win at Oklahoma, who can't seem to buy uh, a close win. And then, you know, you have uh, Iowa State. Somehow I was 
somehow they lost to Oklahoma State. They were up big, and Oklahoma State came back to win. Just close games and at, that are coming down to the wire. And there's just, like we said before, there's no easy gimmies. Um, Texas Tech was up, what, eight with 10 to go and completely melted down. They look like the only team that will miss the NCAA tournament, although West Virginia needs to start racking up a couple more wins. But it's uh, who am I looking to buy and sell? in the big 12 um i look I, i'm looking to sell kansas state and I, I tried to do it against texas tech and they had a a late run i'm a huge jerome tang fan but i, I think that they're running a little too well right now uh, they're also what five and oh in overtime so i think <laughs> that they're four and oh excuse me they beat kansas in overtime baylor in overtime west virginia in overtime and nevada in overtime um, so I think that this is probably the peak of the market value on Kansas state. You have to remember in that Kansas overtime game as well. And look, I was on Kansas state, Kansas missed so many free throws in almost every single wide open three in that game. So I think that there's some regression coming for Kansas state and I'll, I'll bring up a, and I'm curious to get your, your guys thoughts on the big 12 and I'll, I'll jump in and warrant it. But uh, TCU is a very interesting team in that. And look, I know that they blew out kansas basically from start to finish but if they're a team i like i'm going to be looking to live bet either you know buying or selling because if you are missing shots against them they are so elite in transition that they can put a run on you quick but if you're making shots and then obviously you're scoring and then you're making them score in the half court and they they're a team that really struggles to shoot the ball and They'll, they'll take, you know, their, their best offense in the half court is offensive rebounding. But if you're making your shots and then you're not letting them get in transition, then they're going to go cold and there's going to be a lot of runs back and forth. So game dependent, matchup dependent, even within the game, I'm be looking to, to sell TCU after some of these runs because, I mean, they're like an NBA team in transition. And if you're cold and there's long rebounds, man, I mean, they're just the ball isn't hitting the ground in transition and they're scoring. So those are a couple of my thoughts and just an absolutely loaded conference. Mike, I'll go to you. Yeah, I think it's probably going to require one more loss to get their odds in, in my favor and essentially into a place where I'd like to play the Jayhawks long-term. But what I know for a fact is that Jalen Wilson is having a career season. He's, he's, take, so he's taken that step up to conference player of the year level. He's averaging nearly 21 and nine on the season and back-to-back monster games where he scored 30 plus. Like it's not his fault. Like the team, in my eyes, when you look at the just at the bottom line on ESPN, oh, Kansas fell apart. Yes, TCU played a great game, but in terms of their foundation, it's still there. The question to me is, can Grady Dick pull his way out of this, you know, shooting slump? Because he's been shooting so poorly in you know three of his last four games that it's killing them. They need something to be able to balance it out on the perimeter. So that's one of the reasons why I probably lean to them tonight against Baylor. But long term, I just think they're going to be able to get that right because they have this conference player of the year to build around. So I think in terms of the recency bias and people overreacting a little bit because how often does Kansas lose by that much at home, I still think this is a good opportunity to maybe buy back on Kansas. Um, I still have faith in them. And then we'll get into it with Baylor. I, I have some deeper thoughts on the Bears at this point. PJ, any, any uh, overarching thoughts on the Big 12? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the, the future odds right now, uh, you spoke about TCU. They're setting a 10-1 to 1 to win the Big 12, and their upcoming schedule is actually pretty easy. So they've already played Baylor, Kansas, and Texas all on the road. So they're going to get their reverse. They're going to get them at home in their toughest road game. 
is going to be in Hilton. But upcoming, they have Oklahoma, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and then Kansas State on the road. So it's actually pretty favorable for them to potentially get a few games back here if they can win three in a row here against Oklahoma, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, setting up a huge showdown against Kansas State. So, again, in a Big 12 conference where we say is just absolutely loaded and – it really wouldn't surprise us if any if, if a team, whether it be Iowa State, Texas, Kansas State, Kansas, or whoever, goes on and eventually wins this conference. And if you, if you look at the standings, I mean, TCU is two games back. So it's not like it's an, a big, big-time ask for them to, to overtake Kansas. At 10-1 to 1 is, is a decent price for them, getting a lot of favorable home matchups going forward. So if I'm buying a team, it's probably TCU right now. And, and I agree with you. If I'm selling a team, it's going to be Kansas State, a team that just – I don't think Texas Tech scored for like a five or six minute stretch there in the second half and just completely melted away. So, um, yeah, if I'm buying a team, I think it is going to be TCU because of the, again, like you mentioned, Stuck, they, with, since they live so much in transition, the variance is very, very high for them. So they could completely crater and potentially, you know, fall out, or they could overtake these teams and potentially see those type of performances we saw against Kansas on Saturday. So I'm buying TCU probably at 10, 10 to 1 to win the Big 12. Love it. Uh, also, you have the uh, Shahada Wells coming out party yep. against Kansas. And if they add him to the mix and he can play like that, I mean, they'd become even more dangerous if uh, he's going to contribute. And I mean, back in 2021 for UTI, he was like a 40% three-point shooter. And that's really what they're missing. If they can, he can provide some shooting and play like he did in Lawrence. I mean, look out. So you're 10 to 1. Uh, I love that. Um, and it's probably going to be a sweat to the end. Yep. Um, Let's, I guess, we'll transition right into Kansas-Baylor tonight. Let me pull up the current odds. I think this opened as Baylor minus three at home. It's down to Baylor minus two, total 149. This game's at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Should be a good one. I took the three with Kansas personally. Bill Self, to me, is the best overall coach in college basketball as far as like in-game adjustments. I mean, it's three points out of a timeout. Him as an underdog, historically, he's been great. He's even 11-3-1 against the spread as a underdog against top five opponents, 17-8-1 against the top 10, you know, 24-17-1 against the spread as an underdog against the top 25. I also think Baylor still has some flaws uh especially on defense it's just not the same defense that we've seen you can get to the rim on them there's there's just some communication issues still they're still trying to figure out who they are look their guards are incredible and can catch fire at any point in time i just think that this game should basically be closer to a coin flip so i happily took the points and what i think is gonna again it's gonna come down to the wire you'll get a, a desperate kansas effort here and Look, I know Baylor pulled it out against Oklahoma, but they made, I think they made four, they went four for four from three in the final two minutes, including three from a 22% three-point shooter. Kind of got lucky in that game. I think this is Kansas. Uh, I've been looking to sell Baylor. just not the same team. I know the talent in the backcourt and they can get there, but I think that there's still some issues on that defense that Kansas can exploit. Mike, I know you wanted to, you had some more thoughts on Baylor. What are you thinking about in this game? Yeah, the, the eye test, I felt the same way about Baylor going into Big 12 play. And what's changed? They played three good teams in the Big 12. They're 0-3 against Iowa State, TCU, and K-State. And two of those losses were at home. And then they get four wins against the bottom four teams, Oklahoma State, Tech, West Virginia, OU. So 
Not that much has changed for me. I think this is what I was just discussing. I think this is recency bias on KU getting smacked around at home. So anything in plus territory, getting a point, point and a half to go ahead and grab that. That's what I'm on. I missed the the three points at the open, which I think was advantageous for you. But I still like you know Kansas plus plus money. I'll probably just play them on the money line. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I like Kansas. You, know, you can get a plus two and a half out there right now. I think it's something you already said, Mike, is that Kansas is a tad reliant on Grady Dick to to be good from three-point range. He's been, he's three, been cold the past couple games. Three for 16 from his last two games when he's shooting about 44%. Which is what uh, happens the, with freshmen to a certain degree. Right. You're going to have these these lulls and these valleys, but I, I just don't see a player of his caliber and, and shooting prowess to stay cold. So I, hopefully, I mean, if he shoots... You know, if he goes two for five or, you know, three for seven from three, I think they win this game. I think he's that critical to their game plan. Right. I mean, even if you look through Kansas, it's basically him and Jalen Wilson. They're basically the only two guys taking a ton of three-pointers or at least have over 100 three-point attempts on the season. And the big thing with Kansas defensively is they are an elite team at defending the three-point line. And so when you face a team like TCU who plays a lot in transition, doesn't take a lot of three-point shots – that's we maybe could have a recipe for disaster. Like they're top 35 and, you know, points per possession, per possession allowed on both catch and shoot and off the dribble three pointers. Baylor's very, very reliant on taking a lot of three pointers. They're about 45% of their field goal attempts are coming from behind the arc. And if you look through their shot quality numbers, like they're not getting, they're about average in terms of shot selection and getting open three pointers. So really it's going to come down to is if can, can Kansas keep Baylor off, off the offensive glass because Baylor is a top 10 team in offensive rebounding percentage. So, but I do think this is a good matchup here for Kansas. Good spot for them. And like you guys already said, some recency bias here for Baylor. So uh, I'm with you guys like Kansas plus two and a half. Yeah. I think full consensus here. It's take the points. I think it'll be like this. This has a final possession written all over it. Uh, Last team with the ball might win it. And yeah, I, I don't, I think that, I don't know. Look, I'm not a uh, NBA draft expert, but I think I saw somewhere that like Jalen Wilson was projected in late first round. Like, how how is that possible? Like, this guy, he can play as a pure shooter at times, and he's one of the best players in the country at getting to the rim. Um, I, I think the age the age factor gets yeah, over, it's, he's a junior NBA. They're just like, well, I mean, it's, in NBA circles, he's like geriatric by yeah. you know, draft selection. God is. forbid he's twenty years old yeah. instead of eighteen. Gotcha. Yeah, he's he's an, an incredible watch. Um, he can literally do it all and put a a team on his back. Um, and he plays with incredible energy and like I just love the way that he plays. I've been so impressed with Wilson this year. But let's move on to. Monday night, and for those of you who listened to the podcast last year, we're bringing it back. We got some swaction. Swaction. Can we get serious now? Serious now. So we have maction in college football, but we have swaction. And this morning, when we were preparing for the podcast, uh, it brought just joy to my heart when Mike brought up swaction, and BJ jumped in and said he has some swaction. So. <laughs> We have, what, six? I think there's six SWAC games tonight. I don't know where any of them are on. Uh, don't worry, I, I got you go. covered. Let's let Mike, let Mike take Prairie, this. Prairie View game is on, on that. Um, but, Mike, you're like itching here. I got to I gotta stop talking and let you just jump in. What's what's the SWAC should play tonight? So you're going to fire up 
your computer, you're going to go to the World Wide Web, and YouTube Live is going to be hosting a little game between Southern and Mississippi Valley State. Going to take you live from Itabina, Mississippi, Northwest Mississippi, is a little hidden gem there off the uh, off the Delta. The Delta Devils. The Delta Devils, the home of the fighting Jerry Rices and Deacon Jones. Great, you know, HBCU football program. Awful college basketball program. I, I'm not breaking any news here. They've been to the big dance since 2008, where they scored 29 points against UCLA. They go ahead and fire their coach in the offseason, bring in George Ivory, who was an alumnus in the 80s. He also coached Arkansas Pine Bluff for 13 years. His win percentage, 34%. I don't know how you coach anywhere for 13 years with a win percentage that low. Mississippi Valley State carrying on the awful tradition. Second worst team shooting inside the arc in the country. But here's the game inside the game for me. All these extra possessions for Southern. The Delta Devils, 345th in defensive rebounding percentage. 351st in turnovers. So what that means is all these extra opportunities for Southern to cover a game that's under, at least in my opinion, a key number of 10. I can't, couldn't believe that I saw Southern minus nine and a half because they're the top team in the SWAC. The, what's interesting, I think the reason why it's holding right around this 10-point threshold is that despite losing by an average of 18 points per game, Mississippi Valley State's 14-7 and seven against the closing number this year. Wagon. They've been real good against the spread, but I think this is the time to hop off of the Delta Devils bandwagon. I'm going to go ahead with Southern, who's also been good against the spread, 12-5 and five ATS. One of the few HBCUs in the whole country that can shoot from three. They're 57th in three-point percentage on the year. And the other element of it is not only is Mississippi Valley State really sloppy with the basketball, Southern takes it away, forcing 18 yeah. turnovers a game. That's fourth nationally. All five starters average over steal per game. So I love Southern in this one. And I'll see you at the YouTube live comment section. It'll be me and 45 of my best friends just yucking it up during this game. And hopefully it's not a sweat down the stretch. Well, I, I, I'm going to be joining this comment section. Uh, so you can find me in there too. And yeah, that's I think that's the key here is that Southern does turn you over. I think they're 13th in turnover percentage on defense. The only teams that turn it over more on a percentage basis than the Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils are New Orleans, IUPUI, Delaware State, and Florida A&M, just the dregs of college basketball. And how how did – I still want to know how Texas Southern, speaking of the side, beat Arizona State early in the season. I was like, oh, Texas Southern? And then they've been – I think they've won two straight. But yeah, the, the, the Pac-12 did not have a great non-con schedule against the SWAC because they also beat Cal Berkeley. So, yeah, yeah. Just, cover your eyes on that one, West Coast basketball fans. Yeah, who Pac-12? Is that is that a is that could that be just a two-bit league? Is, is, it, just, is it a mid-major league at this point? I, I agree with you. This is rough for the Pac-12. All right, BJ. I know you I, I don't have any swash on the table, but I know you have so you have a swash in total. Yeah. Um speaking of Texas Southern, um, they're playing Alabama State tonight in beautiful Montgomery, Alabama. And I like the over 139 and a half points, mainly because I was looking through Alabama State's shot quality numbers. I don't think I've ever seen this. They should be finishing at the rim 13% higher than they have been on the season because they are literally dead last in the country in two-point field goal percentage. They're shooting 37.9% from inside the arc. I don't think they continue to can continue to shoot that bad. They also get to the free throw line at a decent rate. When, when they get there, they're shooting 82% in conference play. So 
Maybe they can get some points there. And defensively, they are dreadful. I mean, they're third, 353rd in points per possession allowed in half courts. They're third to last in the country in points per possession allowed at the rim. And that's basically where all where Texas Southern gets all of their shot attempts from. Texas Southern loves to do a lot of isolation sets. Alabama State's 347th in the country at defending those. Texas Southern is, you know, in conference play, they're eighth in points per possession allowed. So they haven't really been that good. They're very poor at defending at the rim. Um, these are also two of the top three teams in the SWAC in terms of being the lowest average possession length. So I think we'll see an up and down game. It's just going to come down to whether these teams can, can make these shots or not. Uh, so I'm going to take it over 139 and a half. Um, and I expect these teams to shoot very, very well from the field, hopefully. Okay. There you have it. Swaction over and laying it with Southern you can catch us in the comment section on YouTube live. What time's that game? 830? 830? Yeah, 8.30? 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Late one for me, too. I believe it's either 9 or 8.30. Let's see here. Yeah, 8.30. I mean, that's that's the hot time in the SWAC. That's when you got to get multiple screens going. Yeah, so if you're if there's a commercial break in Kansas-Baylor or halftime and you want to check in on what we're doing, I expect to see all of you in the YouTube live <laughs> comment section. All right, before we get out of here, one final order of business, and that's our best bets for Monday night. Um, I'm going to take Virginia Tech. I think the line is starting to creep out. I don't mind taking the money line here, um, but if you can get two or better, I would lay it. Obviously, this is desperation time for Virginia Tech. I just think they're so much better than the record indicates. They have Hunter Couture back now. And I mean, look, they lost by one at Clemson on a last second three. They lost in overtime to BC. You know, they, they were playing without Couture for a while. They lost by two at Wake. They lost by three at home to Clemson. They lost by four at home to NC State. Like they have been there. And this is a team that it's an experienced team that basically was in the same ex- exact spot last season. Very slow start in the ACC. And this is right about when they caught fire. I think the same thing is going to happen this year. Should be a raucous environment. I think Duke. Still so much talent, still hasn't figured it out yet. Um, and, you know, they're living on the offensive glass, which is basically their best offense. one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. But Virginia Tech can actually match them on the defensive boards. They're a very good defensive rebounding team. And I think the action that they run against this young Duke team on the other end of the floor, they will have some success. Their shots are going to start falling for Tech. I think this is just the spot here, the spot of spots for a desperate team and it's crazy to say this could be a must win for Virginia Tech for their at-large hopes. Because if you look at the bottom of the ACC, there's no like there's not a lot of chances for our quality wins. You're playing Louisville. What's Louisville now? Like a quad four game? So this is a huge game for Virginia Tech season. I think it's a spot for them. So I'm going to go with the Hokies, Mike. I'm going to go with an over in the Horizon League. I like over 152 between Oakland and Detroit in the Motor City rivalry. Uh, You're going to want to check on Jared Liddell's availability. He has a lingering back issue for Detroit Mercy. If he's a go, this is an absolute hammer play for me. These two teams combines in terms of the totals this year, they're 23 and 15 to the over. 
in conference play, Detroit is averaging over 80 points per game at home. They're averaging over 80 points per game. And you get an opportunity to watch one of the greatest scorers in the history of college basketball. Antoine Davis now is only looking up at Pistol Pete in terms of career points. He's an absolute bucket waiting to happen. He's averaging 33.5 points per game across his last six, shooting 44% from three during that hot streak. And Oakland gives up open looks nonstop from three-point range. They're one of the worst teams defending the three in the entire country. And a little bonus on the other side, Jalen Moore is a great point guard not as good shooting from distance but he can fill it up as well i think he went for 25 in his last game so i like over 152 here i think this game could end up being played in the 80s um horizon league basketball pretty fun and this is probably one of the best matchups if you haven't watched this season if you want to get in on it just from an entertainment perspective yeah antoine davis now the career ncaa career leader in three pointers made and attempted and you know his number four is darius mcgee also currently playing for liberty who is also a bucket and can go for, I think he's gone for 40 plus three or four times in his career. Um, so yeah, Liberty, I hope Liberty gets in the tournament. They're always a fun watch. And McGee is a, a flamethrower, just like Davis, who could, could go for 45 uh, on any given night. BJ, what you got? Yeah, outside of any of the, the swag and pick, I don't really like much else. So I'm going to go back to Kansas plus two and a half. One thing we already didn't, me- that we didn't mention during that time is, you know, when when Baylor played TCU, a high transition team, which Kansas can be because they're 35th in terms of transition frequency. I mean, TCU put up 88 points and 1.2 points per possession. So this is just an all-time great spot here for Kansas, getting them at a good number here at plus two and a half. All right, good stuff there. As always, make sure you also check out the award-winning Action Network app and actionnetwork.com. We have tons of great content for today's slate and beyond for college basketball. And thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy, leave a review, five-star review. You can say whatever you want. You can mention Swaction if you're going to be in the comment section, but those really help us out. And we will do giveaways periodically. We'll do one here later this week if we get a couple five-star reviews. So appreciate that if you can take the time and help us out but that'll do it for us the guys from the three-man weave will be back midweek and we will be back later this week to preview saturday's college basketball slate the hoops are getting good good luck out there and we will see you soon cheers Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.